Hey, it's Meatball. And Mark. And this is the Rocker Morning Show on demand from 107.7 RKR. Kalamazoo's Rock Station 107.7 RKR. The Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. Meatball is out for the day. We're starting the uh, week off just solo here, but uh, it's kind of a crazy weekend as we kind of get back on track after the uh, crucial ice storm that we had last week. Not very crucial for us because a ton of us lost power and it kind of threw everything off. There is an update from Consumers Energy on all of this. Most of you probably have power back now. Um, 10% of Consumers and Energy customers statewide were without power. That is a huge number. Apparently, the reason that we had such a long delay here in Kalamazoo County was that there was over 2,100 down power lines in Kalamazoo County alone. So that can give you an idea of all the craziness that this storm brought and why a lot of us were getting our power back uh, as late as yesterday and some of them today. So uh, as of yesterday morning, 87% of the impacted customers were back online. So that's good news. Most likely you got your power back yesterday. I know a lot of people here in the building did as well. But everybody should be up and running today. So let's keep our fingers crossed. If you're still dealing with a power outage, hopefully that stuff will get turned back on today. Like I said, over 2,100 down power lines. That is not fun. But hopefully you guys got power back and we're ready to power through the week. Kalamazoo's Rock Station 1077 RKR, the Rock and Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. Meatball is out for the day. And I was uh, doing Daily 5 trivia with Meatball on Friday. And I came across a fact about the Detroit Red Wings that really blew my mind. We were talking about... Uh, a couple of months ago, I did a, a Daily Five question about the highest scoring NBA game. Found out that it was the Detroit Pistons who actually won it in double overtime. And in searching for this, I found out that the Detroit Red Wings actually have the biggest shutout in NHL history, in modern NHL history. This actually happened years ago. It was 1944, and it was against one of the original six teams, the New York Rangers, and uh, January 23rd, 1944, they scored 15 goals. They shot about 15 nothing. It's still the largest shutout in NHL to date. Now, this is where it gets even crazier, and I don't know how this wasn't even bigger news, but I found out that's not even close to the biggest shutout in hockey history. Apparently, the women's team in a pre-Olympic women's qualification game in 2008 Slovakia beat Bulgaria 82 to nothing. That's like way, that's way worse than a freaking football score. 82 to nothing. But this is crazy. If you open up the Rocker app, I actually go and give you a rundown of all the goals. It's funny because the game actually started off slow. And with each period, they scored more and more goals. So the first period, they only scored two goals. Second period, they scored five goals. And the third period, they scored eight goals. Unbelievable. So two guys on the team, uh, I think it was Sid Howe and one of the other guys, they had a total of five points each. There was only one starting skater that didn't have a point for the Red Wings. That's pretty crazy. Uh, it's even more impressive that only one of the Red Wings starting lineups skaters didn't have a point, but also that coincidentally, the Red Wings were the victim and they're actually tied for the biggest loss a shutout loss in NHL history, the loss to another original six team, 
the Maple Leafs back in 77. They lost 13 to nothing. So basically when it comes to original six teams, you're going to the whoops some ass. You're getting your ass. Kalamazoo's Rock Station, 1077 RKR, the Rock and Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. Meatball is out for the day, uh, but he'll be back tomorrow. And I actually have an article on the 1077 RKR app that might be helpful to Meatball and actually really college students in general. Uh, because when I first moved here, I had like no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what the spots were in Kalamazoo. And Meatball still might find this helpful considering that he's only been here for a year and uh, he's still discovering some new things. But I, I spent some time doing the ride share thing. I was, I was doing some driving a couple of years ago. I actually met a lot of college students that were like brand new to Kalamazoo. They had no idea what was around here. So I put together a, a nice little list on the rocker app to help them out. One thing I told, I told a lot of people this, but Waldo's Shakespeare, Bilbo's and big burrito. I say these are the spots. If you want the best wings, nachos, pizza, and burritos in the city, respectively, these are the four spots you need to hit up. Also, the library, too. I had no idea how just inclusive this library was that we have on Rose Street in downtown Kalamazoo. I have a bunch of old VHS tapes, and uh, somebody told me about their transfer center, and I spent so much time transferring VHSs to digital here. And I found that they have like a 3D printer. I mean, our library is crazy good. Uh, also, uh, Stadium, Sprinkle, and Westenage. I think you guys can back me up on this. All get backed up, our three busiest roads. Uh, I know on the east side of the state, I always give people a heads up if they're going to my neck of the woods on the east side. Like, hey, avoid Hall Road. It's a mess. <laughs> avoid Hall Road and Rochester Road. But that's kind of like what we have over here with Stadium Sprinkle and Westnidge. Uh, also that, yes, we actually have trains here, not just the zoom, zoom kind, but the choo, choo kind. Yeah. So still catches me off guard sometimes like, oh, yeah, we have trains here. Awesome. So this full list is on the Rocker app. Feel free to share it and check it out. But, yeah, um, also the fact that you get to see where rock and roll was born. I'm glad this building is still a staple, although. We're waiting for that hard rock. Kalamazoo's Rock Station, 1077 RKR, the Rock Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frank House. Meatball is out for the day. If you've uh, been thinking about unloading some stuff at Goodwill, you might want to double check what is in your selection to drop off because I just found out on the Rocker app that there's a bunch of stuff that you cannot drop off at Goodwill, things that they will not take. And there's a full list on the Rocker app. So you might want to find alternative ways to get rid of them. Obviously, mattresses, uh, they're not going to take for obvious reasons, but they don't take large appliances either. Um, refrigerators, dryers, washers, hot water tanks, which is kind of surprising considering how, nece how necessary some of these are that you wouldn't, that they wouldn't be able to sell these at like a super discounted price. So, that's kind of unfortunate. Uh, Dropside cribs. Um, apparently, they will take other kinds of cribs, but it would be best to contact Goodwill first before you uh, drop anything off for sure. Tires, they won't take tires. That's uh, that's another strange thing. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I understand, but at the same time, it's like those are a really clutch item that somebody might need for super cheap. The full list is on the Rocker app for you guys to check out if you've been thinking about unloading. You can't even take food there. So not even like canned food. And listen, underwear is on this list. I mean, I know times are bad, but guys, if you really need underwear, like 
just holler at me. I'll toss you 10 bucks, okay? If you've been with The Rocker for the past 35 years, you've got an open invite to come hang out with The Rocker Morning Show whenever you want. The first beer is on them. Celebrating 35 years as Kalamazoo's rock station. 1077 RKR. The Rocker. Kalamazoo's rock station. 1077 RKR. The Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse welcoming in another guest today. You've seen him on History Channel's Ancient Aliens and the Travel Channel's Beyond the Unknown. We are talking with UFO expert Ryan Sprague today. Welcome to the Rock and Morning Show, man. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Totally, dude. Absolutely. Well, with us this morning on the Rock and Morning Show, Ryan Sprague, uh, you are, boy, quite the popular person these days. (laughs) (laughs) It has been an interesting uh, few weeks in the world of UFOs, and uh, I have found myself unwittingly smack dab in the middle of it. I'll, I'll ride that wave. As long as I can. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you are an expert uh, who has been on the Science Channel. Uh, you're host of this podcast, Somewhere in the Skies, which we want to talk about just a little bit, too, because it sounds really interesting. Um, but we also have you on because of the recent sightings that we've seen, you know, in the skies over North America, which, you know, started with what we know now to be uh, a Chinese balloon of some kind of intel, uh, you know, that we shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. But given your areas of expertise... Um, when you first, along with the rest of us, saw what was happening with that initial sighting over North America, what were your initial reactions to that? And then as everything kind of unfolded, you know, what was your mental process there? Yeah. So, you know, when I first had learned about the now confirmed Chinese high altitude surveillance balloon yeah. and the, the shoot down over South Carolina, you know, I, I just like anyone in the public was interested, intrigued, maybe a little, uh, it was a little unsettling, sure. uh, but we shot it down. We showed, you know, that we weren't going to let this thing continue to surveil us in, in any way, shape or form. And uh, that was kind of it, you know, go yeah. America. I guess. But then, <laughs> you know, as the, as the days went on yeah. uh, and we now shoot down after shoot down, I started to get a little uneasy, especially when I started hearing the pilot testimony of some of these things, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hearing words of like cylindrical, gray and silverish in color, uh, outmaneuvering some of our aircraft. Uh, one pilot even claimed that uh, whatever the object was over Alaska interfered with their sensor systems mm-hmm. on their aircraft. So my UFO ears perked up as soon as I started hearing <laughs> that stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's when I started questioning we're not just dealing with balloons anymore. Yeah. Right. And well, one of these was shot down over the Great Lakes as well, which is all around us in Michigan. Uh, these were different right. from the first objects, though, right? Correct. Yes. The object over Lake Huron actually uh, was octagonal in shape. Mm. So that one really stood out to me as well. This is not a shape we hear in the UFO world that often, especially when you're dealing with conventional UFOs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess they would be IFOs at that point. Right. When you're dealing with balloons or 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 even drones, uh, the way that object was described was very interesting. And the fact that we still have not recovered the object over Lake Huron or Canada or Alaska uh, leaves a lot to the imagination and leaves a lot of questions unanswered by 
the White House and the United States government. If you just joined us, we are talking to a man who's been on Agent Aliens and Beyond the Unknown, UFO expert Ryan Sprague, talking about some of these unidentified spottings in Michigan. And I, I don't want to, like, overly speculate on it, too, to, like, start some some crazy, crazy rumors about it, you know. But, like, what does that say about, you know, shooting these things down that have been described as, you know, different shaped balloons and stuff? But the fact that we can't find it, like, why does why is that such an important aspect of this? So I believe, you know, the reasoning for not being able to find these obviously is the harsh story sure. in which these things were shot over. So it's understandable in a sense, you know, inclement weather and everything else that has to do with recovery of any object shot. You know, I recently spoke to a Navy pilot a couple of days ago who um, about this very very issue with a lot of this going on and she told me flat out like you have no idea like how hard it is to actually recover anything shot down like it could end up anywhere once it's blown out of the sky um so i understand that to an extent Uh, however it's the fact that um they felt the need to shoot these things down immediately that really troubles me and and if we will ever truly know what these objects were or weren't even. Right. Um, I don't like to speculate either. I, I don't personally <laughs> believe that any of these objects were extraterrestrial in origin. However, the way that some of them are maneuvering do not add up in terms of what our own conventional aircraft, our most sophisticated aircraft, mm-hmm. are capable of. So when you have pilots, you know, sort of describing different things and on uh, and whatnot it does leave you wondering huh well what could we actually be dealing with and mm-hmm. i don't have an answer the american people don't have an answer yet and True. we are waiting we're just waiting these strange things over the great lakes kind of conjured back to something that happened uh in in the 90s and it was actually on an episode of uh, unsolved uh, unsolved mysteries i believe it was yeah it was it was really interesting the the UFO sightings in 1994 over Lake Michigan. Have you seen that episode of Unsolved Mysteries? And and if so, I'm curious as to your thoughts on it. Yes, you know I, I've uh, actually researched the Michigan case heavily. Uh, oh, cool. Very long history with UFOs dating back to the early days of Project Blue Book, where you know the now famous astronomer who worked with Project Blue Book, which was a U.S. Air Force investigation of UFOs, uh, coined the term swamp gas. You know, all these people (laughs) in Michigan were seeing UFOs, and their determination, the U.S. Air Force, was that they were seeing some sort of weird gas created in, you know, in these swamps in Michigan, when in reality, they all knew that wasn't the case. (laughs) They knew that that's not what they saw. So much so that, you know, Gerald Ford at the time said, "Uh uh-uh. That's not going to cut it. Um, I wanted. I want congressional hearings on these UFOs. Yeah. That was the first time ever where uh, Congress looked into UFOs. And then you get into the 90s and you have this mass UFO sighting once again in Michigan. Yeah. And where even, you know, the radar operators at the local weather stations are tracking these things in their massive. Yeah. And they're being sighted all across the state. Um, so, yes. That Michigan case is one that I hold to very high esteem, highly documented, highly credible. And, hey, who knows? Could it have any connection with what we're seeing nowadays, these objects being shot down? 
I don't want to go that far, but right. when you get into UFOs, the the further you zoom out, it seems all of this stuff is somehow connected. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you feel is most misunderstood when it comes to people who talk about these incidents and experiencing these in, uh, incidents? You know, I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of ridicule and stigma that comes with reporting a UFO. And at this point, I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of people from all over the world. They've been so gracious and have allowed me to share their stories on my podcast or in books that I've written. And I think the biggest misconception is that, you know, these people are saying that they saw an alien craft. We always connect UFOs to, you know, flying saucers and little green men when (laughs) in reality... We're seeing this play out in modern day that that's not that's simply not the case. They're just unidentified. Yeah. And I think that's important. If you love the unknown, this podcast is definitely for you. Somewhere in the skies with Ryan Sprague out every week. And keep an eye out for Ryan on History Channel's Ancient Aliens and Beyond the Unknown on the Travel Channel. Ryan Sprague, thank you so much for your time today, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Keep looking up. Absolute blast talking to UFO expert Ryan Sprague today. You can find the full podcast on demand of this interview right there on the Rocker app. Check it out. Kalamazoo's Rock Station, 1077 RKR, the Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. If you did not hear the big announcement last Friday, we are teaming up with rock band Foreigner for their big show at Wings Event Center this year. And we are giving a huge opportunity away to a local choir. So... If you're listening and you are in middle school or high school choir, or if you've got a kid who's in choir class, you're going to want to take advantage of this right now on the 1077 RKR app. Click the Sing with Wings button, and all we need is contact information for the choir instructor and a video of their choir class singing any foreigner song, Cold as Ice, Urgent, Hot-Blooded, I Want to Know What Love Is, whatever the song All we need is a video singing. It doesn't even need to be super over-professional or anything like that. Just need a video. And then we're going to open up voting in April. We're going to upload these videos. You're going to vote for the best choir in the area. And that choir, not only is Foreigner going to give them $500, but they're going to be invited on stage at the Wings Event Center to sing I Want to Know What Love Is with Foreigner in front of a jam-packed audience That is a huge opportunity. Like I said, that program is going to get $500 straight from Foreigner. So thank you to them for putting this on. Again, if you're in choir or you've got a kid who is in choir class, let them know. Get this in and submit the video right now on the 1077 RKR app so they can sing at wings with Foreigner. Kalamazoo's Rock Station 1077 RKR, the Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. Meatball's out for the day. He'll be back tomorrow morning. March, only a few days away, and we are giving you a chance to win a million dollars with the Ultimate Bracket Challenge coming up right now, actually, on the Rocker app. You can click that Bracket Challenge button, and you will be in the running. Get pre-registered, because when March 13th rolls around, you'll be able to pick your bracket. The perfect bracket will get you a million dollars. Now, even if you don't pick the perfect bracket, you still have a chance to win some big money. So make sure to get pre-registered right now on the Rocker app. That way, when those games start, you are locked in. You got your you got your bets, you got your predictions, and uh, hopefully you can win that million dollars with the Rock. Kalamazoo's Rock Station, 1077 RKR, the Rocker Morning Show with Meatball and Mark Frankhouse. Meatball is out for the day, and I don't know if Meatball got the chance to see Cocaine Bear over the weekend, but apparently this movie is blowing up. If you haven't heard about 
Cocaine Bear. It is a oh, kind of a niche horror movie that came out over the weekend, and it's loosely based on true events. So back in the 80s, apparently there was a, uh, a drug dealer and um, tossed a bunch of cocaine out of an airplane. Um, he ended up passing away when his parachute failed to deploy, but basically this... Cocaine found its way into a forest, and uh, this bear came across it and ate two to three pounds of it and instantly died. Well, not in the horror movie. In the horror movie, he goes on a drug-fueled killing spree, and it looks absolutely ridiculous. But what's even funnier is the Michigan DNR have actually chimed in to point out the facts and the fiction behind Cocaine Bear, which is even funnier. There's a video of this on the Rocker app as she's kind of going through the trailer and breaking down what is true and what is false about the whole thing. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with a a fictional storyline here, but here's the best part of it all. The name of the bear, which is actually stuffed, they actually have this bear that's stuffed and placed in a mall in central Kentucky where tourists have been enjoying the sight of this bear for years. Its name, Pablo Escobar. (laughs) 